Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Lori Reckling, who's a pianist and composer in Omaha, Nebraska. Her interpretations and creations are informed by a lifetime of diverse experiences drawn from a broad education in music, applied design, the natural and social sciences, creative writing, and the healing arts. And she's been playing piano in one form or another for 50 years. Uh, Lori, and she's an Alexander student. Uh, Lori, welcome to the show. Hi, Robert. It's nice to be here. It's really good talking to you. Um, Before we get into your experiences with the Alexander Technique, I wonder if you could tell our listeners what you tell someone if you have to explain if someone asks you about the Alexander technique and you only have a few seconds to answer, what is what is your answer to that? Well, my one word answer is freedom. Okay. And and then if pressed, I would say it's about being aware of your body and being aware of freedom in your body and that's that's sufficient for me. That's really what it's about. It's about being in your body and aware of your body and then allowing all that freedom to just manifest itself. Okay. And your your teacher is uh, my friend and colleague, John Macy, who also lives in Omaha. And I think I may have helped you with one lesson or two, right, at some oh, point. Yeah. Um, so what is it that originally caused you to even investigate using the Alexander Technique? Well, I had injured my right uh, forearm up near the elbow so badly that my doctor told me I was never going to play the piano again. Um I, he reluctantly did surgery on my arm and the one of the te- the tendon that uh, connects that works the muscles of the fourth and fifth fingers was so damaged that he, the, he, the only thing he could do was take it out and he um, was trying to, to not have scar tissue or to minimize scar tissue so he left the end of that muscle just hanging. So a a tendon is what connects the bone and the muscle together so that Mm -hmm. the muscle can work the, the, the lever in your, in your, the next lower bones. Mm -hmm. And so I was left with no connection between my elbow and this muscle. And, um, I wasn't getting the motion back and I was still having all this pain and I went through this surgery and, Anyway, so the the went through the post op therapy, and I think it was three years, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Me think I had the surgery in two thousand four. I injured my arm in two thousand three. I had the surgery in two thousand four. It was five years, two thousand nine. I am uh, sitting in a session with a, a healer type person who knew John and I just I was quite depressed because I was pursuing this degree I finally had time in my life that I could 
really devote 100% of my energy to piano and piano study. And then my doctor says, I'm sorry, you know, this is as good as we can do and you probably need to just give up playing. And this woman said, well, you need to go see John Macy. Mm -hmm. And I said, what? And she said, John can heal your arm. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. And she just glared at me and she said, go see him. (laughs) And I did. And I'm playing and I'm almost finished with this master's degree. (laughs) And and this is a master's degree in in music from University of Nebraska, Omaha. So a fairly demanding program from my understanding, right? Yes, I just gave a 55-minute recital. I play the Mozart concerto with thousands and thousands of very fast notes and Liszt and Debussy and no pain. My arm works fine. I, I will always have to be mindful. But the thing about the Alexander Technique is it helps you learn to be mindful and therein lies the freedom mm-hmm. because all of a sudden you're not just flailing around or just doing things habitually that will get you in trouble. It's like, oh, I have, I have awareness of this and I can just let that be free and let that go and the tension leaves and all the things that you need to do kind of trickle down after that and it, it isn't magic, but it sort of works that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer because I'm playing again. Right. It's pretty black and white for me. And how did that process of re-education go? I mean, at the beginning, what were some of the first things that came up in that work that you did with John? Well, initially, I was pretty discouraged because I had so many habits that were not helping me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say bad habits, but no, they were just habits that weren't helping me. And it just seemed um, almost insurmountable. Mm -hmm. What were some of those habits? I think pianists might be interested in knowing that. Yeah, I had the pianist, the the problem that many pianists have is we pull our heads in like turtles. We... Mm -hmm. We sit so many hours at the piano and we get hunched and then we we pull our heads in and then everything from there down, you know, our shoulders are hunched and our elbows aren't where they're supposed to be and the angles with our wrists are not. And I had that habit and then I have a habit and I still have to deal with this one of sort of twisting to the right and it just changes the angles. And when you're spending that many hours a day moving your fingers, any sort of um, weirdness in any angles of anything above that it can cause a problem and, and it can cause tension and you can't have tension when, when, when you're trying to move it's any like any athlete would tell you you know I mean playing a musical instrument is as, le- is as athletic as running a marathon it's absolutely just, yeah you know, yeah because you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, or similar movements. Yeah. And and that when when you're doing that kind of thing, you, there's not a lot of margin for bad habits. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. And and the even bigger issue 
it's not just that our bodies suffer, but the music suffers. If we're not free in our bodies, the music gets hindered. I can tell, I always could, but I didn't know what I was hearing, but I can tell the difference even in an audio recording of a piece played by two different musicians. I can tell who is holding extra tension and who is not just by the way the music sounds. Now, is that a skill that you wouldn't have had a few years ago? Well, I could always hear a difference. I just didn't know what exactly the difference was. Right, right. So how? So you said when you first started having lessons, you had these uh, a number of kind of deeply ingrained habits, <laughs> and yeah. you were discouraged, I assume in part, because John was asking you to let go of some of those. Uh-huh. And in a way, it was asking you to let go of kind of what you did, right? Right. And that's scary, I'm not, right? I'm going to play if I don't do this. Exactly. And how, how and so when did the point come or how long did it take before you began to see that actually you could let go of them and still play even though I assume it felt kind of weird at first? I think it was when I began to be able to play pieces that I had never thought I would be able to play and before and be able to play them better than I had ever thought I would be able to play. There's a Debussy piece I was working on. It's called Pagod, mm-hmm. Pagodas. Mm-hmm. And it's full of these big gongs that you drop down into the bass with your left hand and your right hand has all the it's very fast finger work, very high up on the piano. So you're you're either leaning your entire body to the left or your entire body to the right or your hands are spread a long way apart. And you if there's tension, it's very difficult to play that. Mm-hmm. I was able to play it without pain with my bad arm, with my injured arm. I was able to play that and it went fine. And I that was like, oh. oh. So, so do you think that you think it was because it was a piece you had never played before that made it a little easier for you to drop your older habits? Yes. Mm-hmm. When I play pieces that I used to play before I did Alexander work, it is very difficult not to go back into those old habits, even now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think when that there was I think there was one day a few months ago when when John and I both worked with you. And I remembered that that had a lot to do with your ability to reach the those extreme ends of the keyboard and to do it mobilizing your whole torso in an efficient way. Mm hmm. I remember that very clearly, the kind of getting, being able to get that little twist in your torso that would take away some of the downward pressure on your hands at either end, right? I remember that, and because of that work, when I finally performed that piece, I was able to play though that, that passage very, very fast and very, very light. 
because I wasn't pulling down on myself and I didn't have extra tension in my arms. And the, the, you and John really helped me with that because I had been struggling and you helped me find where up and free was. And all of a sudden there were the notes just right under my fingers and it wasn't even hard. Yeah. And you were under, as I remember, that was, that was the same period of time that I think has gone on until fairly recently when you were under a lot of pressure because you had to give these recitals that were part of the master's program, right? You were going to yeah. be judged and, and there, there was a lot at stake. It wasn't like you were just learning a piece for fun. Um, you really had to be able to perform it well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And that was for the recital in the fall. And it not only had to be good, it had to be memorized. And mm-hmm. I did it. <laughs> you did, yeah, you, did it. you did. Well, I, I will say that you were a quick study. Of course, I think John had, well, of course, by the time I met you, you'd already worked with John quite a bit. Yeah. And so I guess he had he had the harder job earlier on, right? Oh, the, yeah, what he went through. And I <laughs> get so discouraged so fast. And just, well, I had been not able to play well and been through all this surgery and all this pain for so many years. And, yeah, it was, it was a lot. Yeah. So we touched on this earlier, you touched on this earlier, but I wonder if you could expand a little on the idea that it's not just that your the physical demands of playing are are not, not as great once you have some Alexander training, but that the quality of the of the actual music, the output of the process changes. Could you say a little more about that? Let me... Just from your own experience with it. Yeah, and, and you know, it's true across the board, no matter what instrument, even if you're singing. So um, whether it's violin or a woodwind instrument or the piano or you're a singer and you're using your body as it's, it's the same when when you are not in the way when you are able to your when you and your body are able to be completely free and without extraneous tension then the music you are free to let the music just kind of flow through you. What what happens when we carry tension is that we bring a lot of that tension into the notes, and there's a there's there's a harshness or a roughness to the sound, and it may sound subtle, it may not, but it, it even when it's a loud passage with lots of notes, you know, bah, 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 if you're getting that sound through tension instead of just through freedom and your notes going, there is a harshness and a mm-hmm. um, abrasiveness mm-hmm. sound that is not there if you can free yourself to get out of the way and let the music just flow. Right, right. And it's true, I think, for any musical instrument, uh, like a violinist with a stiff shoulder is going to, produce a, a 
quality of sound that's not not as good as if their shoulder were free. Exactly. Their arms were free. Yeah. Wind player with tension in their neck or jaw. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So another question I have, uh, I know that that um, you spend a lot of time practicing, learning a new song, practicing it. Have you found that uh, the Alexander work has changed either the way in which you practice or the amount of practice you need? Um, yeah. <laughs> and would you care to care to elaborate? Um, I practice a lot smarter. Yeah, and what I, does that mean, smarter? Well, I think because I'm much more aware of my body. When I feel something shift, I notice, and it's either okay. Now, why am I doing that in this passage? Maybe I need to fix what I'm doing, or. I'm tired. I need to go away for a little bit and take a break. So my I'm spending fewer long sessions at the piano. Um, depending what I'm working on, some pieces are so mentally dense you can only work 20 minutes. But but I do a lot more short sessions mm-hmm. and get up and walk or breathe or whatever and then go back so that I'm not just sitting there getting more and more tense, ingraining that tension into the piece. Because if you're practicing with a habit that's not helpful, it's going to be 10 times harder for you to unlearn it. Why not just keep it in a place that is free and feels good from the beginning, even if that means a little bit less practicing at one time? Would you say that that approach that you just described is not the standard instructions given to piano students? Um, Depends on the teacher. There is starting to be a shift in thinking um, among a lot of really high-level teachers Mm -hmm. um, in favor of that direction that I just talked about right but but there is still a lot of well if you can't get it just sit yourself at the piano and drill until you do just push through it right yes yeah and 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 that that, in my experience working with other lots of musicians over the years is that's that's very common and it doesn't really lead to such great results no it just leads to a lot of bad habits and a lot of tension and a lot of problems that you have to try to overcome that just makes the task at hand that much bigger and that much more difficult. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm wondering, as kind of a final question for you, based on your own experience with the Alexander Technique, what would you, what would you say to other musicians who may have heard of it but haven't explored it, and particularly pianists, but musicians in general, what would you say to them in terms of why they should give it a a try? They'll feel better, they'll play better, they'll sound better. And that's pretty much what most musicians want, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We we want we we it is in our soul to 
create the music and it and and to put the music out there and have the music flow through us but we very many times put our physical bodies at great um under great strain to do that and if the ultimate goal is is the music then it seems to me that whatever we can do to eliminate the strain on our bodies that helps the ultimate that helps the music it frees the music to go where it needs to go and that's much more satisfying and i would think it also makes it the case that you're likely to continue your career for a longer period of time no question there's an awful lot of burnout in in, among musicians a lot of a lot of injuries that a lot of injuries yeah field which is so sad i mean i went through that i mean i yeah well i think this would be a great place to bring our conversation to an end um my my guest today has been laurie reckling who is a pianist and composer in omaha nebraska um I'll be putting a link to her uh, striking new website by the interview. And I'll also put a link to um, the website of John Macy, who's her main Alexander teacher. He is a teacher in Omaha, Nebraska. And I'll also put a link to a site that will give you more information about the Alexander technique. Hey, Lori, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for asking me.